You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Hi, everybody. This is Chuck Newkirk with another Jesus is Better, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we've got a very special repeat guest, Bond, Mike Bond. That's the proper way to say that, by the way. Excellent. How you doing, brother? Good. Great. Tell us, uh, maybe somebody's jumping on for the first time, new to the church. Who are you? Uh, I direct family ministry at Church on Mill. Okay. Part-time. So, uh, kind of oversee our preschool children and youth ministries. We have a deacon of each of those areas. Uh, deacon of preschool, deacon of children, deacon of of youth that do all the actual hands-on work with those age groups. But we uh, sort of coordinate with them and help provide direction and assistance and support for them. Okay. And then also ministering directly to parents. Great. How long have you been doing that? Uh, about three years. Seriously? Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> oh, man. Feels like it's just been a couple months. September 2017. Wow. Not to be precise. What time of the day was it? Uh, it was 8.30 a.m. when okay. I started. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Mike, you are one of the easiest guys to like. You know, we're supposed to... Uh... I can get you a second opinion on that. <laughs> That's awesome. Good stuff. Um, and your wife and kids, what's the situation there? Uh, I have a wife. <laughs> And uh, I have three kids that are all grown. Okay. Uh, uh, my daughter, Sarah, uh, has is married, and she has three kids. Hmm. And uh, my uh, son lives here not too far from me, and my uh, stepson lives in Oregon with his wife, and they are about to have a baby in February. So I will have a fourth grandchild awesome. by February. So uh, what's their take on the uh, proliferation of drugs in Oregon? <laughs> We were just talking about that the other day, and, and they feel like Oregon is misunderstood a bit, um, that um, it's not just a free-for-all up there. Uh, it's decriminalized, not legalized, and there's a big difference. So the emphasis, they would say, is on getting people treatment instead of putting them in jail. Huh. So okay. that's, the, that's the intent of the changes of law up there, well, they would say. Time will tell. Then we'll tell. <laughs> <laughs> so today, uh, let's go from heroin to children's ministry, preschool ministry, Gladly. and youth ministry. <laughs> uh, we wanted to think together with you and just uh, try to glean from your wisdom when it comes to uh, family ministries. So mm -hmm. love to have a conversation around uh, just the whole approach that we try to take. And mm -hmm. hopefully this will be a blessing to parents um, and uh everybody else that is in the body that seeks to just be a blessing to, mm -hmm. to the kids. So, yeah. um, brother, as you think about the scriptures as a whole, uh, how does the Bible generally talk about children? That's a, that's a good question. Um, most of what the, the Bible says about children is in relation to parents and their interaction with children. What, what the Bible says directly to children is almost exclusively their role in honoring and obeying their parents. Okay. And so all the direct um, 
speaking to children in Scripture is on those fronts. So I think of Ephesians um, 6 and uh, Deuteronomy 5, Exodus 20. Those are all passages that talk to children about obeying their parents and honoring their parents. And then the rest of the, the Scripture that has to do with parenting is all directed at parents, fathers, um, and about their role in um, teaching children who God is and what he has done mm. so that they can set their hope in him, mm. as Psalm 78 says. So I would say that that sort of Psalm 78 approach, which is uh, to teach our children who God is and what he has done, especially in the gospel, is what we want our parents to see as their primary role in parenting, that that's the real goal of parenting. And that as a church, we would see our role as uh, primarily supporting our parents as they do that. Okay. That we don't want we don't want our church to feel like um, it is professionals' responsibility to to disciple children. That, that that's primarily the role of the parent. Uh, and that so our job is to help equip our parents to do that, and to support them as they do that, and to encourage them as they do that. Great, thanks, brother. Um, do you think that, uh, in general, we have a good handle on uh, the place that kids have in the home? I'm not sure I understand your question. I get that a lot. <laughs> um, seems to me that sometimes the the place of children is oh i see way 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 overinflated yes like they become little gods mm -hmm. um, and other times they're treated incredibly poorly mm -hmm. as not full-fledged family members with thoughts feelings and emotions yeah, um, yeah. Do, do you do you see any of that if so sure i think part of the problem is we are immersed in a culture that is very self-focused and very therapeutic uh, so that uh, the focus for our culture in general, what we swim in, is this idea that what matters most is my opinion, my feelings, my experience, my potential, uh, my fulfillment. Uh, and this bleeds into parenting very easily. And I think it affects us as Christians a lot more than we realize. And we have a tendency to... to elevate uh, the status of children higher than it's intended to be mm. in terms of helping them to have this perfect life, this perfect fulfilled life. And when really, again, the goal of parenting isn't to help them to become a, a self-sufficient uh, member of society. Rather, the goal is to get them from relying on themselves to relying on God mm. 100%. Hmm. which is the opposite of what the world tells us that parenting is for. And so a biblical approach to parenting is extremely countercultural. Hmm. And um, it, it is, um, so we have to be, always be on guard with our parents uh, about how much the outside world is bleeding into their ideas of parenting. Uh, parenting is really, I believe, on, on the scale of evangelism and discipleship. Hmm. It is the front lines of evangelism. These are young non-believers right. who right. need to hear the gospel. Right. They need to see their sin. 
uh, it is the biggest problem they have, not their schooling, not their friends, not their self-esteem. It's the sin inside them. And so the, the more we can help parents see that that is the real goal um, of parenting, the more we can help them guard against being too much influenced by the outside world. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful, brother. So um, it sounds like you've got, you've done some particular work with these teams um, uh, in, in the realm of thinking about um, how do we go about this kind of ministry mm-hmm. and what's the place of the church in that and uh, what are pitfalls to avoid and yeah. just tell us more about that. Well, when we talk about preschoolers, um, we try to spend time with our our preschool parents, helping them to understand that at that age, we're really trying to lay foundation uh, and that the most important foundation is for to teach them to uh, submit to authority, to okay. obey, hmm. that as scripture calls them to, this is the most important thing because so much easier for them to respond to the gospel later once they have established that um, it is good to submit to good authority. Mm. Uh, whereas children who don't learn that have a much harder time uh, surrendering their their autonomy to God. Yeah. Um, so it's it's one of the most things things you can focus on most with preschoolers okay. is that idea of obedient obedience. And then in, in children, we're trying to get them to see in Scripture to become biblically literate to see who God is and what He's done especially in, in the gospel, and to see that, um, you know, the Bible's not about David, and it's not about Jonah, it's about God. It's all about God. And to see that um, God is the one they need to set their hope in. Okay. And then with teenagers, we really try to focus on making sure that before they leave our youth group and go out into the world, that they understand what the gospel is um, very clearly. And we try to have very specific, very intentional conversations with our teenagers to make sure. Because, you know, the most common thing in churches is that teenagers leave and they leave the church. Right, right. And so we, we want to be, we want to really lean in in those last four years and uh, on the gospel and make sure that we can, in er- as many ways as possible, help our parents and our, our leaders to, to really focus on the gospel with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, sure, appreciate all of that and the work that you do and the deacons that you help steer. Mm-hmm. And oh, man, the amount of hours they put in mm-hmm. behind Amen. the scenes is just enormous. They are awesome. Yeah, they are. So thank you uh, to all of you who help in this area. And then, you know, you look beyond that to certainly COVID has had an enormous impact yeah. on the programming of the church. Um, but th- that's not really what you're focusing on in this conversation. Why is that? Well, because if what Scripture says is true, which is that parents are the prime disciplers of their children, and if that is our main priority in family ministry, then it doesn't really matter as much whether we can meet in person for on-campus programming. Mm-hmm. Um, it matters. It's important. But in a way... Um, God is working through all that happens, even through COVID, to help our parents see themselves as the disciples of their children. So in some ways, um, it can be a positive 
because parents are getting to spend more time with their children and getting to, to um, see themselves as, as primary in taking over that role mm. over the last past few months. So there's a lot of good that comes out of it from a parenting standpoint. Uh, I know it's hard for our parents, and I know it's a struggle right now. Yeah. But there's a lot of fruit that's going to come out of the fact that they've been able to have this time of spiritual conversation with their children uh, and spend so much time with them. The fact that people have had to bring their children into worship with them, uh, there's a lot of fruit that's going to come out of that, I believe, in the long run. Do you think that um, a parent would necessarily see that or know that right now? No. <laughs> no. I think a lot of parents will have a hard time seeing that right now. You know, from having little kids, um, it is all-consuming yes. to have little ones. Yes. And, um, and it's exhausting, and it is uh, frustrating. And so in the moment, oftentimes in our lives, it's really hard to see what God is doing and how he's working in the emotional moment. But that doesn't mean he's not. Mm. And um, quite the contrary. Usually he's working a lot more than we realize mm. in those moments. Mm. And I think that's going to be the case. Mm. That's a helpful perspective. Um, what would you say to the the mom of a little one or two or three uh, who's feeling pretty trashed at the moment? Mm. I, I would remind all of us, and I would remind her, first of all, um, God is not surprised by this. this. This is his plan for your child and for you. This is not a detour from God's plan in your life. It is the plan. Somehow, some way, God has decided this is what's best for your child. It gives them the best chance to put their trust in you, mm. in him. And so I would encourage them to not see it as, as a, um, a negative, but that God is working through everything. And so how is he working in this? And, um, and I would remind them that um, God has chosen you among all the people on earth to be this child's parent. Mm. Because if you will trust God, you are their best hope uh, for them to see, see the truth of the gospel and see who God is. And so to trust God and to hang on to that truth and to that God will hold you fast and he will hold your child fast too. And so I, I would just encourage them to see it in that light because that's the truth, that God is, is sovereign over all things right. and his will will be done. And so if this is happening, then it is God's will. There's no doubt of that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, brother, if, um, if the way we think about family ministries is uh, we want definitely to have really excellent programming when Mm -hmm. we're not spreading COVID or potential to spread COVID. (laughs) Um, And yet we even more than that want to make sure that uh, parents understand their, their role and are feeling equipped and encouraged. How does the, the, the rest of the body fit into that scheme, that way of looking at family ministries? If, for example, if I'm a, 28 year old single i'm not married i don't have kids uh is there is there any role for me to play absolutely Uh, i believe god has placed all of us in this local body uh for a reason that that there are no uh there are no coincidences that all of us have a role to play with each other in our each other's lives 
So if you, if you are in this body and there are children in it, then you have a part to play in helping the parents, helping to, to live out the gospel in front of those children, to help uh, um, the parents that you know uh, be equipped to raise their children. Uh, it doesn't hurt to serve in, in family ministries mm-hmm. to, get, to give you opportunity to direct speakly, to speak directly, direct speakly into the lives There'd of children. irony there. <laughs> direct speakly <laughs> into the lives of children. Uh, this, this is what we're called to as brothers and sisters in Christ is to build each other up. And it, um, it is also one of the greatest opportunities you have as a church member to be involved in evangelism mm. in the world. Mm. These are, this is, this is uh, missionary work to the next generation mm. um, uh, to, to have a chance to speak the truth of the gospel to people who don't know him. Yeah. And they aren't just outside, they're right here right. in front of us. Yeah. So in the, in the ordinary programming of the church, it takes a massive amount of volunteers. Yes, it does. So I just want to thank the, the body for the way you so faithfully mm-hmm. serve and help and minister. It's mm-hmm. a gift to the parents and to the children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thank you for that. Um, w- what about, Mike, in ways that are, are not, I have an hour and a half block on a Sunday morning that yeah. I'm assigned to a room. Mm-hmm. Um, what what else does that look like, practically speaking? How does that, how does that 35-year-old without kids mm-hmm. make a contribution? Well, one of the ways they can is is by being involved in a GC that has children in it. Okay. Uh, and What's to, a GC? Uh, a gospel community okay. where people gather together and live their lives together and pray for each other. Uh, and in um, uh, regarding the children that are in those GCs as part of that GC and not just um, ancillary to it, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you're involved in a GC to think about uh, the people that are in it, all the people in it, even the little people as as part of um, your responsibility as a brother or sister in Christ to to minister to each other and to equip each other and um, and to see them that way. Um, and and then just in 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 passing, uh, to treat children uh, as as people, mm. <laughs> as you see them on campus, mm. um, to not regard to regard them not as um, someone else's problem and just to be ignored. Um, I found that um, children are much more perceptive than people who don't have kids often give them credit for, mm. and they know when they're being uh, worked around. So to to think about the kids as you see them. Uh, and the teenagers. Um, I think um, for most adults, if you don't have kids, uh, developing relationships with children and with uh, with um, teenagers in particular, all the research I've seen is that teenagers who have relationships outside of youth ministry and their parents yep. are much more likely to remain engaged in church. Right. And so it's one of the best things you can do for the future of the church is to develop relationships with preteens and teenagers. Uh, and that may not be comfortable for a lot of us, but um, it, it's something that God is calling us to as part of a church that has teenagers in it, is to, as we want to relate to all the different parts of the body. So we're relating to senior adults and we're relating to children and relating to college students, to international students, to teenagers. We're, we're going out of our way to... 
uh, build relationships with people that are not like us. Right. And part of that is across generationally. Yeah, amen. I, uh, it's, it's, it's strange. I, I feel like I'm going to blink and we'll be at your stage when our kids are all grown. But mm -hmm. just yesterday, they were changing. We were changing diapers and pretty soon mm -hmm. they're going to be changing my diaper, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But some of uh, us are close to that enough yeah. than others. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, at this stage, Jill and I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old. Yeah. And some of the... Uh, the ways I feel most encouraged in life right now are when college students and people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s in the body are a blessing to, to my kids. Amen. Um, the, the sense of appreciation um, is, is deeper than mm -hmm. anything I've experienced before, frankly. Yeah. Um, so they so need those kinds of relationships mm -hmm. and um, the body's really good at that mm -hmm. and as god gives more and more kids uh, we got to keep growing in it keep keep yes. maturing and yeah. making more and more progress amen so, um brother what else in this topic really stands out to you as something important that we would spend a few minutes on mm, i i think um it's important to understand what we're trying to accomplish in the programming that we do have and okay. why it's so important that yeah, we want great. to get back to it. And that is um, we, our, the curriculum we use, especially for preschoolers and children is called gospel project. And it is uh, gospel centered. Um, and um, the goal of the curriculum is to take kids through the Bible uh, on a three year cycle. Okay. So that uh, over time we want our kids uh, for, for many of our adults, the idea that all the Bible is really about Jesus comes as a bit of a surprise when they first find it out. Huh. That will not be the case for the kids who come through our mm. program. They will they will get that intuitively because that's what they hear every Sunday. And so it's a great curriculum and it it really supports parents well. There's a lot in it that's that's designed to be taken home. I I tell our volunteers often what we want you to think about is what you do on Sunday morning is putting the ball on the tee for our parents mm. for the week. Hmm. Um so that they can follow up with it. And so That's great. we're going to be leaning more and more into that. And so the sooner we can get back to full scale what we do, it's not so much that we think that's that's what family ministry is, but it's so helpful mm. for the kids and for the parents to, to what we do. So we, we, I just want to assure everyone, we are working as, as hard as we can to get back to that as fast as we can. Yeah in full strength yeah yeah that's good brother so you know there's a lot of dynamics to that mm -hmm. uh, you're you're not dealing with employees yeah <laughs> um, and you have no control over who's just going to show up at the room right uh, so we're really trying to be thoughtful and careful and uh, you have been hard at it for nine months or feels like nine years <laughs> <laughs> on some days it does yeah it's um, you know this uh, covid has impacted different uh, demographics different ways and uh, i think among the most difficult has certainly been people with with children yeah no doubt especially if you're working and your your work is thrown into disarray and yeah you're uh, uh, you know overnight you your kids are home and in your lap and uh, but like you said hopefully uh, in the rearview mirror when we're well past this and we mm -hmm. will get there mm -hmm. then there will be some fond memories of ways God has used it and some fruit. I have no doubt. Yeah. Um, Mike, if 
uh, parents listening to this, and some of this is pretty like new in terms of what what they think about when they think about what a church does in mm-hmm. relationship to kids. Are there any books you would point them toward? Yes. Um, there's one that I think the best book uh, that I have read, um, um, uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart. Um, it, it really um, helps you understand um, getting beyond just behavior modification in your parenting to really getting at gospel centered, God-centered approaches to parenting. And the other one would be uh, gospel-centered parenting. Okay. Um, um, and I, the, the author escapes me at this moment, but um, I can get that to anybody who wants to. There, are, We have several books that, that I get to parents as resources. Great. Anybody that wants help that way, I would be glad to get you uh, books uh, on, on the topic that are really helpful really God and gospel centered in approach, really biblical. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Um, it might feel overwhelming to a parent to say, here's a book. Mm-hmm. Any suggestion you would make about that? Um, I, I would say one of the best ways for you as parents to tackle a book like that is to read it together. Um, and, and in times when the kids are down and you could just do it, paragraph or two at a time and reading to each other as parents staying on the same page. Teresa and I often read books together uh, and it's a great way to interact with each other as we're um, deepening our understanding of things. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really good way. Um, If anybody wants to, I'd be glad to read a book with anybody who wants to, who's interested in this topic. Um, uh, Just say the word, just story time. I'll read it to you. If I have to. <laughs> <laughs> that brings all kinds of images I'm not sure I wanted. I'm not going to let anybody sit in my lap. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. So thank you, brother, for all that you do to make yourself available. Thank you, yeah. all the teams, the, the church at large, the way you bless children. Um, we're, we're rooting for you. Mm. Love you. Uh, we're on your team. Mm. Um, let's keep trying to help each other Amen. through this work. There's, you know, no, at this point, uh, there's no real solid end in sight to the disruptions of COVID. And so if we could walk with one another to the extent that that's possible, mm-hmm. even if it's just prayer and cards and yes, doing a, uh, a FaceTime with a, a kid in the church mm-hmm. time to time, there's lots of ways like that to bless. Yeah. Mike, anything else, brother? Well, I could talk for hours about this, but um, I don't think people want to listen to hours-long podcasts. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.